0: You've been hoping to see the light your words
1: of light keep holding on Cause it's golden And he is calling you calling you You've chosen Everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited just to join again in fellowship to just have this move of God to grow in servant leadership, to grow in our faith, and just to grow into building one another. Just like the word says, iron sharpens iron. And each time we have an opportunity to do this and have on new servant leaders, I feel like I get so sharp. And today I've already been sharpened some, I know I'm gonna leave even more sharp with the servant leader we have today. Uh, we have servant leader, David Zekman with us today. And I wanna take a second to just say this to you. Time is one of those important gifts that once it's given, I can't give it back. So I wanna thank you first and foremost, you all. David is... I like to call it multifaceted servant leader. He is in the healthcare profession. He is an author. He's a speaker and speaking on author, he's going to talk to us a little bit about his new book that is so uh, amazing. It is literally going to, I feel like it's the blueprint for servant leadership. I'm going to let him tell you about that, but more than anything, he has a background of sports, being a high school teacher, being a high school coach. And I'm so thankful just to have you on today. So David, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners and we can get this conversation started. Great.
0: Well, thank you, coach Chelsea. I'm, I'm delighted to, to be here today. And, uh, we were chatting a little bit before and, <laughs> uh, before the show and we were talking about, uh, coaching and, and teaching. And I'm, I'm just, uh, grateful for people like coach Chelsea, who's who's leading our young, uh, young ladies in basketball, but also in life. And, uh, we need so many of those, and you know, I, one of the things that uh, I started my professional career as a high school biology uh, teacher and, and a football and track coach uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, which is my hometown. Um, I also was a college athlete. I ran track in college, it was about seventy pounds ago, but um, you know, I did it, and I was a Division One athlete, and so I can always say that. But um, so I, I, I'm, I'm very, um, I, I think servant leadership uh, when you're in. This, teaching, coaching, or anything in life. You, you can be a servant leader for one person. You can be a servant leader for uh, 10,000 people. Uh, it, it's the same. So um, I appreciate your good work and, and thank you for having me today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Uh, as, as Coach Chelsea said, um, I just uh, published my first book. It was just released to the world this past Tuesday, and she was one of the first ones to respond, which is really, <laughs> which is really exciting, and I'm grateful for that very much. Um, it's called Driven, uh, Driven by Compassion, Eight Values for Successful Servant Leaders, and it's a book based on real-life, everyday uh, challenges and successes of being a servant leader um, and being a loving and compassionate leader, which goes with that. Uh, this type of leadership style is not about hugs and kisses. It focuses on living the eight core values of leadership that lead to greater um, uh, engagement and fulfillment in your job, uh, career, and your personal life. It has to be all together. Uh, Servant leadership ensures that a uh, leader's team members feel heard and valued, ultimately leading to higher levels of job performance and outstanding personal and organizational results. But most importantly, it is just I believe just the right thing to do to be a, as a successful servant leader, to treat people that way. And I, the, my new book, uh, uh, I hope provides the knowledge leaders need to do three things. And that is kind of a theme of the book. It's to remember first and foremost, why you became a leader. Okay. Well, you know, not everybody can be a leader, but why did you become a leader? Second to renew, um, your vow to be a servant leader. And the third, refresh you know to be re-energized to be re-enthusiastic about uh, what you're doing um, when you when you lead people. So that's really the, that's the, the uh, overall nature of the book. Um, I will I will tell you that the uh, the eight the eight values that that I talk about in the book um, are uh, patience is number one. Second, trustful. Third. Being grudgeless, I I think I kind of I love that word. I I I hope I made it up, but I I think not.
1: Unfortunately, (laughs) I like Uh,
0: that's being willing to forgive. Uh, servant leadership, of course, is one of the values. Walking the talk, honesty, communication, and commitment, and those are the eight values. And you know, there's there's probably other values out there, but those are the ones that I focused on. I did I did a, a presentation yesterday. And somebody mentioned empowerment, and empower. Where I put that, I put empowerment within the servant leadership part because that is an important part of being a servant leader. Um, so that gives you a quick introduction. On that. Um, I I live in I live in Estero, Florida. Um, like I said, my hometown is Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a retired hospital CEO. I spent, I, I left uh, teaching. Um, only not because I didn't like it. It was because it was all financial, um, which is you know I know I hate hate to say that, uh, but um, I started as a bedside respiratory therapist making five dollars an hour, and um, I'm one of the few people that actually committed. I felt like I had from being a teacher and a coach, as Coach Chelsea knows, it, it never leaves you. you. You're once you're a teacher or a coach, you're always a teacher or a coach. And and that creates great leadership. And so I I left that, got into healthcare, and then um, moved around. My whole career has been in the Midwest. I started hometowns Cleveland, went to Toledo, Kansas City, Louisville, back to rural Missouri. And then uh, I finished my career up in Northern Michigan, um, near Mackinac Bridge and in a place called Petoskey. And I was the CEO for that Northern region for McLaren Healthcare. So um, I I retired in in, uh, January of 19 and decided that I wanna do what I wanted to do in healthcare, you know, and I love leading people and I loved it, but I was just tired and decided that I wanted to to, to coach and help others lead. And I wrote the book. Um, I I do some executive coaching as well for three hospital CEOs. Um, I'm the CEO of a startup company here in Florida that's in the business of acquiring and managing assisted living and, and home health agencies. And I'm on an uh, advisory board for a medical technology company and on a national board called SCORE, which helps support small businesses. And I'm very active in my church. We're, um, we're, we are committed to, uh, uh, we uh, partner with an elementary school in inner city Fort Myers, and uh, it's so rewarding what we're doing there. And uh, we're going to build a facility there. So that, that I'm very, very involved in that. So with that, Chelsea, would you like me to continue, or how, how would you yeah, like me to do
1: Sure, go? you can definitely continue.
0: Would, um, well, Chelsea mentioned when, when she, she did a great job of prepping me about, uh, the, the um, well, how do you be, you know, everybody thinks they're a certain leader, and I'll give you a real short synopsis of my uh, presentation, but I want to start with, with scripture that I know you've all heard, and um, uh, first one, Matthew uh, chapter 20, verses 25 to 28, It says, and you all know this, but I I love reading it. I read it again last night in preparation for today. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world love Lord over their people, Lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then, of course, the, the classic one is, and this is in, and this one is in my book, uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 35. Uh, he sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of, of everyone else. And so in my book and uh, on page, um, I could pull it over here. It's, it's quote, that's quoted on um, page 101. Where I said the ultimate of servant leadership was Jesus Christ. On the night before He was crucified and died, He washed the feet of His disciples. Jesus said, "Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all." So that 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 really provides the. And I'm so uh, delighted the way um, Coach Chelsea does this show and and the theme behind it uh, about the the the, uh, the faithful foundation we we could have as servant leaders because. You can't be a servant leader, I guess in my perspective, without having that faith-based foundation. It, it, I mean, I guess you could do it, but I don't know how successful you um, will be. So um, so uh, proud to talk about that I can certainly talk about that some more. but let me let me give you a quick overview of the values so that you have that and then, then we can certainly dive into dialogue sure. which, I, which I'd love to do. Uh, a couple of things, um, first about uh, the difference between empathy and compassion. Empathy equals feelings for others, which, I mean, I I feel bad for what you're going through. I feel bad you had a death in the family. I feel bad you're ill. Um, Compassion, love and compassion equals action. So um, compassion can also be defined as to feel with. Now, why do I tell you that? Because the key to leading with love and compassion as a servant leader is action. Essentially, is how do you treat others? Okay. And um, there's so so many great examples of that you know, when I was in the hospital, there were things going on all the time for our employees and bake sales for employees and and meals and things like that. In my own neighborhood community where I live, we've had some tragic deaths and we, 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 uh, we've supported their family. So there's all these things are, are, you know, compassion is action. It's not just what's saying it. And then, you know, servant leadership, as I mentioned earlier, it, it's just the right thing to do. I believe that that employees and i'm going to call them colleagues from now on okay so when i say colleagues that means employees colleagues want more from their leaders because there is a real or perceived crisis in leadership i mean we see it every single day every day we're bombarded with it love and compassion is a method to lead that respects colleagues and may lead to second and sometimes third chances for these people isn't that what we're about giving people second and third chances and i'm very proud to say that i did that now that doesn't mean they always work, and you have to be prepared
1: That's to fail. Right.
0: <laughs> and I did fail, but but I feel better about. I know I'll, I'll, if I have time, I could share a couple of those stories with you on, on that. And then love and compassion does demand accountability, which supports and grows a healthy bottom line. And so it it it's you know we're looking. You know, I know all of you have been reading about the Great Resignation and the quiet slowdown and all these things that are out there. And I I just think that. If, if we maybe this could be stopped or slowed down significantly if we had servant leaders who really were, were were focused on the success of the people they lead by providing them the resources they need to be successful and 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 that's clearly the 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 the, the issue here you know one of the things and for and the last comment for the values is that um uh, one of my um leaders i really think a lot of his name is joel manby he was the ceo Of Hershon Family Entertainment Enterprises, which is the, uh, uh, I believe Dollywood's in that, um, um, uh, Silver Dollar City, Branson, Missouri, and and all kinds of parks in the Southeast country. And one of the things he said was, you know, sacrificing values for profits is a flawed choice. And one of the reasons, from personal perspective, that I left um, being a CEO of a hospital in the big system was that um, all our entire focus was on the operating margin. That's all it was, and I didn't get into healthcare. I got into healthcare to help people, and I know that sounds, you know, um, oh, I don't know, altruistic maybe, but 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 that's why almost everybody got it, gets into healthcare, it gets into healthcare to help people, just like teachers and coaches get into the profession to help young people. And I, 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 well, you know, I knew I had to make money, and that was important, and I and I certainly recognize that, but but we were forgetting the needs of the community. And I, for example needed to hire an endocrinologist. And these are docs that take care of diabetes. And, you know, you know, diabetes is a huge healthcare problem in our country, chronic disease. And I couldn't do it because if I'd spent the money to hire that physician, that that was a big negative in the operating margin. And my people above me, a corporate said, no way. I just, I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that, that was one of the reasons. And, you know, again, we all have to, we all have to generate a margin to sustain our businesses. Nobody's saying you don't. Okay, but you could still do it in the right way. All right, the eight values very quickly. Okay, first one is patience. And this is being able to to, um, master the ability to publicly and actively exhibit self-control in challenging, intense situations. So I ask all of the, well, let me, I'll go through them all first and I'll come back. Trustful, it's encouraging those you lead with support and belief in their talents and skills. The, the, uh, third one is honesty and integrity, and that's being open and truthful with every person you lead, which includes appropriate communication about the organization. Grudulous, which I love that word, that um, means be, being willing to forgive. Uh, the fifth one is servant leadership, and we just talked about that. Be willing to facilitate the success of those you lead. Uh, the sixth one is walking the talk, to live and breathe love and compassion in your, in your daily work and personal life. And I'll just throw a little editorial comment. One of the things that just drives me crazy every day is when I see leaders that won't walk to talk. Okay. You can't, you can't, you can't be a successful leader unless you hey can they. walk the talk. I mean, the simple thing, like, okay, if you expect people to be on time for your meeting and you, you're regularly late, okay, what, again, I mean, that's a simple thing, but right. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all seen
1: it. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: I can tell you in one organization I was in, we did a, um, um a customer service project big thing in all the hospitals and but the corporate leaders weren't going to do it they did, they didn't care about it they just didn't care <laughs> so guess what you know what happened to that project what do you think it failed and it failed miserably because everybody knew the top leaders weren't walking the talk and being supportive um seventh one is communication i have some comments on the, the, the practice consistent and regular communication tactics which includes encouragement and honest feedback. Um, and one of the things I did um, as a CEO, which I thought was kind of kind of cool, was um, I would send a daily email to all of the employee or colleagues. And I was leveraging technology with that, um, but I knew a lot of them anyway, but I did it. And one of the things I put in there, I put it in and they could t- it took 30 seconds to read it. An inspirational quote, uh, a little bit of a win, some kind of win that's occurring in the organization. Um, maybe a, lo- a little bit of news. And the last thing I finished it with, are you ready? A corny joke.
1: <laughs> and I
0: mean a real corny joke. You remember, y'all remember the show Hee-Haw? A lot of you yeah, are probably too young. I'm old guy. I but if, but do. that was the king of corny jokes. And so he, here's the interesting thing about, I would have people sending me quotes to put on there and corny jokes. And I would say submitted by Joe Smith or submitted by, people loved it. They loved it. And and days that I wasn't able to do it, I did it in the morning. And when I couldn't do it for, I had schedule issues. I had people email me saying, where's our quote today? Where's our our, our corny joke? And, And so many people said it made a difference in their day. So you never know as a servant leader, how you're going to make a difference for somebody. And finally commitment is the last one. And that means staying dedicated to your values, regardless of the circumstances. Leaders today are just bombarded Constantly with 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 those type of things, um, patients again. You know, as I mentioned, one of the things I'll give you a quick story where I lost my patience and admonished someone publicly. It was horrible. Um, it was a cardiac surgeon, <laughs> and I was in a meeting with cardiologists and cardiac surgeons, and we were talking about their favorite topic, their contract. Well, those are never fun discussions when you're discussing contracts with physicians or anybody for that matter. And he said some things that really were. It just it was so tense in there, and I just flew off the handle at him. I cursed at him. It was horrible. Um, I, I was a, one of the worst things I've ever done in my career. And um, I obviously me him numerous times and apologized to him and the group. But again, you know, that was a time where I lost my patience and I admire someone pu- publicly. Um, don't ever, don't be patient with poor performance, respond patiently. Okay. Yes. I'm um, on the, on the, uh, and I'm patient. How patient praise, uh, make sure it's legitimate and, um, uh, and it's pointed praise three times more than admonishing on trust. Um, what's the, what do you think the number one sign of distrust is? And, and I'll, and everybody says oh, a lot of things it's, you know, it is listening. They, if you're not listening intently to what somebody has to say that they they're going to feel that you don't trust them. And you know that's an easy one, or it's not not that easy. I mean, I know there are times I would go into a meeting, and I had my mind made up. <laughs> as bad as that is, as soon as I heard feedback from my team, um, I did change my mind. And you know, one of the things about that is that um, you know the people that are talking, they know you're not you're not listening. That um, they'll think, well, I'm already. You don't trust what I have to say. Your idea is greater than mine, so I don't have to listen. So. Difficult, difficult things. Um, So make sure you listen intently. Uh, Honesty, integrity is 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 obviously common. I mean, everybody, you know, know, integrity is the thing we have. You know, we everything we have is is integrity and morals and values. So it's you know, don't ever let that get away from you. And the need for honesty. There's challenges with that, and the first one is egos, of course. Gee, we don't have egos in our world, but if you have an ego. And you think, well, it's a perceived weakness. And when you when you are are honest, and you don't, and so a lot of times people won't tell you won't tell the truth because they don't want to be perceived as weak. And that's not the mark of a of a real servant leader. And believe me, I think everyone in this audience knows that, has seen that, has been frustrated with that. And it's also important that that um, in terms of your honesty, that you know tell the truth. And I know that sounds simple. But I'm telling you, folks, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't happen every day for, for, and we see it every day. Um, honest, the, the on 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 being on grudgeless, a couple things that I'll read to you from uh, Jeff Henderson, a pastor in Atlanta Buckhead Church, says that the longer you hold the grudge, the longer the grudge has a hold on you. Ooh, okay, so the longer you hold the grudge, the longer the and so, and then. What happens to us doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how we respond. And I, I, I dare say that, that, that and I've had it, I've done it, that we we have grudges and we're holding grudges um, against people in our professional life and in our personal life. And both of those will eat away at you and affect how you you respond as, as, as a servant leader. One of the stories on forgiveness, I will tell you real quick is that I mentioned a story Um, at the hospital system, the hospital I led in Missouri, um, we had a nurse who was in the uh, post-op area that was stealing drugs, okay? It wasn't her first time. And um, we were gonna fire her, but she asked to talk to me. And what I did, one of my philosophies was, and and a lot of my colleagues didn't like me doing this, but I did it anyway, was that if somebody wanted to talk to me, I would talk to them, okay? I would always talk to them. So she came in. And she, I said, you know, you're going to be terminated. She says, yes, but I want you, I want to say something to you. Um, uh, I promise you that I'll never do that again. I have to have this job for my family, and I'll get the help I need. Now everybody says that, okay, when they're when they're confronted with being fired. But I had to make a decision as a servant leader at that point. Do I believe her? So I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm going to give you that second chance because you came to talk to me about it. I said, but as you know, you can't have any other therapy. This, this is this is it, and um, this was fifteen years ago. And as far as I know, to this day, she's clean.
1: Wow, it's
0: a great story. And now that's a great story. Now I got another one with a housekeeper <laughs> who we were going to fire. She came to talk to me, and of course that my servant leader says she was living un- she was living a- she was living under a bridge. Okay, brought her in, says it. So, but we had to fire her later because she came back in, didn't take advantage of the opportunity and wasn't doing her job. So what happens? You have to be willing to take the risk. You know, I would, as a servant leader, I would rather be known for being slow to forgive than quick to fire, Mm. slow to forgive and quick to fire. And what does forgiveness have to do with being a successful leader? Well it shows you're human, it shows you care for other people, and it has a positive ripple effect throughout the organization because believe me, people talk. Okay. And they hear that you were willing to give somebody another chance, and that 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 go is beyond belief. How the positivity from that, and here's one last one on forgiveness. Resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So, and yep. think about that in your personal life as well. Servant leadership, um, you know, you know, you have to make it in, in terms of servant leadership. You have to make a decision to be unselfish. Think about this, okay. How many leaders that you can think of in your life's experiences were selfish? I think we all can probably name some, all right? And you could, every, and the funny thing is, these leaders that are selfish, think that people can't figure that out, which is really, beyond know, me. People are smart, okay? People are good people. They, they want the right things. And so, you know, it, you have to be committed to being unselfish. You have to be committed to the glory going to the people that you lead, Okay. You have to be committed to providing them the resources to do their job to be successful. You know, on the board that I'm on, the national scoreboard, you know, one of my things that I've told the CEO, we just did a review the other day, said, you know, we have a job to do with you and to provide the resources you need to be widely successful. And, and that that's that's our job. And, you know, if 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 you're the people you lead are successful, then You'll be successful and your organization will be successful. And and the other thing is it's fun. It's great to see people succeeding. It's great to see people um, enjoying their job. It's great to see them wanting to do more for the company, even for themselves. And so it it has to be an organizational um, commitment to servant leadership. And of course, that always starts at at, at the top. There is a and that's that's walking the talk. Oh, and. As I said, it always starts at the top. Um, You have to practice regular and consistent communication. That includes encouragement and feedback. So I have a question for all of you. Um, When was the last time you had too much encouragement in your life?
1: I don't think ever. (laughs) I don't think ever.
0: (laughs) And, And that's the thing. People want to be encouraged. Okay. I know that sounds hokey maybe, but they do. And you know, you know. Obviously, I'm in I'm i in, in the healthcare world, but this is applicable to, to all leadership is leadership, as we said earlier, you know. And um, you know, uh, even even physicians who think this stuff is hokey like it when you when you talk to them one on one. Okay, they like it, so it's really important. And you, you, one of the things that a great example was is a, a CEO that I know leads a hospital system in the northwest, and he during a pandemic uh, started a program called in your shoes. And what he did was they went out to senior executives and went out and worked in their shoes and did their job for a shift. Like for, he, for example, was a, was a housekeeper in the emergency room. And you know how hard that is to be a housekeeper in the emergency room, to turn over those beds, all that stuff in the rooms. And these people are so important. One of the things I always did when I was out and about was when I saw the when I saw the housekeeper's I was I would say thanking them, thank for that good work you're doing in that room. Thank you for cleaning that room so somebody else can get in there. It's such a huge support uh, for the nurses. You know, the uh, there's a new there's a new um, name for being a CEO. Okay, it's called you know it's, CEO stands for Chief Executive Officer. Well, I I will say that the CEO should be the Chief Encouragement Officer.
1: I like that.
0: And we are we each one of us are Chief Encouragement Officers for ourselves for the people we lead, whether it's two people or it's a a thousand people or 10,000 people. We are a, uh, are that. Um, On communication, I mentioned already about the daily emails. Um, I'm going to encourage one other thing, uh, two things. One, please get to know your employees as many as you can. And that doesn't mean prying into their personal life. That means getting to know them. So to them, uh, if you know that they've had a a illness in the family, or you know that they've had some kind of an accomplishment, when one of the things I loved, I'm going to I'm gonna follow Coach Chelsea's team this season if she'll let me, yep. because uh, because I'm I'm gonna follow it because I want I'm interested you know I want to see I'm to say to her I'm to send her a note and say congratulations I'm winning a state championship uh, or, okay. <laughs> congratulations I'm yeah. winning I congratulations on winning your conference or but but, but you know it, it, it's it's I had a, a um, uh, my chief nursing officer um, uh, son was a star athlete at the local high school. I follow him, and I talk to her every Monday morning after during football season. How he did, I had a a director who had a five year old who had leukemia, and um, I would every time I saw her, um, I would ask how he was doing. And you could tell when you asked, she was beaming. She would just say, "Oh, thank you for thinking of him. Thank you for praying for him. Thank you for for talking to him." It's it's a simple thing to do. Handwritten thank you notes. Probably all of you are doing that. It's not a new thing, but it's really. That the people love them, they love them. Send it to their homes, okay? Don't hand it. We can hand it to them, I guess, but but send it to their homes. I will tell you that two things people, employees, would tell me. One, they would they would put them on their refrigerator at home, like you put your kids' stuff in the refrigerator, and and a lot of times the white spouse or will open the note and will say, "Wow, look at this note. Who's the, who's this from?" And then um, also they would put someone would hang them up at their workspace. I used to walk around and see people's workspace and they had all these thank you notes on their on their board. So they're very proud of that. And uh, don't let that go and send it to their home. Make sure you acknowledge people when you see them, 10, five rule, 10 feet. You say you acknowledge them with by connecting with your eyes and a smile, five feet, you say, hello, keep your head up. When my granddaughter has a, uh, um, She's four years old, and she has spinal muscular atrophy, and it's a it's a pretty serious illness disease. So we're we're I'll say the name. We were at Washington St. Louis uh, four years ago when she's first getting diagnosed, and we were walking down the hallway. You know, we were worried, and, and, and you know what? Not a single person said hello to us. Not a single person. And I was stunned by that. Here we are. I mean, people were walking with their heads down. They looked angry. They looked tired. This is a children's hospital.
1: Right. 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 But
0: it should be that way everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. And, you know, I'll never forget that. I've been I would be walking down the hallways in my organization, deep in thought, angry about something, probably. And my head was down and I used to have employees saying, Mr. Zechman, eyes up loved it. <laughs> I look and I say, thank you. And I, I, that made me laugh and, and, and made me get back to where I needed to be. So there's lots of things with the communication, but it's gotta be consistent. It has to be regular. And finally being committed. Okay. That, that's uh, the word says it all. You have to stay dedicated to your values, no matter what the circumstance. And I will also challenge you to that, um, in your, make sure that in your personal life, your, your values are aligned um, in your personal life and uh, your work life, um, you know, when you're when you're going to, ch- you know, you obviously have values when you go to church. OK, well, you know, same values hold true when you're at work, same values hold true in the, at your kid's school functions, same values hold true when you're at the club, same values hold true when you're when you're in Walmart. It, it, all these values. And so, you, you know, I've, I've never seen a person I've never seen a successful servant leader be three different people.
1: Come on, man! Yeah, it yeah. just
0: doesn't work, and 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 this is where this is. If you want to change our world to be a better place, you know that that's one of the ways to do it. So that's a quick summary. Um, uh, the book includes. Um, um, thank you for for listening to me on that. The book includes um, a lot of real life stories, not just mine, as I mentioned, but I interviewed thirty leaders, from uh, big time CEOs to supervisors, and one of my athletes that I coached. Um, at Brookside High School in Cleveland, Ohio, um, who, who was one of my captains, and um, he was an African American young man. And I say it because he was in a school that was almost all white. And I've always said to him, I said, "My gosh, you accomplished so much in a tough, tough situation." When he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I was his presenter there, and um, I mentioned that. And that's the one thing he loved about what I said when I I, I, I praised the fact that he overcame some tough. Tough obstacles there to be to be as successful as he was both in athletics and in life. And he's got it, and, and uh very, very proud of it. So i asked him so i've included him in there as well so um and he, he's real thrilled with that now he's telling everybody to go buy the book
1: yes, and, and
0: he tells him what he tells them what page he's quoted on so i love it uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it um anyway so that that that's that's my story um and I, i'm passionate about it i, I uh, this is how i led i'm not a perfect person i made mistakes um you'll see in the book that i, I talk about my mistakes i talk about what I could have done differently. I talk about some of the good things that we've done together. And um, so um, that's my story. And I'm happy to, to, to chat some more with Chelsea and, and answer any other questions.
1: For sure. And I thank you for that because I'm telling you right now, I'm definitely gonna be having my hands on that book too because one of the things that you know I love about this platform and speaking with individuals like yourself is we always talk about the way people should lead or what they should be doing, Right. But I always said this early when we first started this and coaches and leaders and we get together, we say, well, who actually sat down and gave the blueprint for what that looked like? And I love how when you and I chatted back and forth to get this thing, you know, scheduled, you were like, "Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ was the ultimate servant leader. And that's
0: the blueprint, right? Ultimate.
1: That's the blueprint. And so to be able, I love how you said this. You said, we have to make sure that the values that we're exhibiting that we're exhibiting those in every aspect of our lives. I've never seen mm-hmm. a, a successful servant leader be three separate people. No. But unfortunately we see that often.
0: We do we do and it, it is unfortunate and I think that decreases their credibility mm-hmm. um in, in in all those places and you know you I <laughs> uh, you know you can't be you can't be um going to church on Sundays and being faithful, saying you're a faithful person and then go in the office the next day and treat people ruthlessly and, 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 and not caring for them. I I just, I just, maybe I'm wrong, but I I just don't see it. I don't, I don't know how you can do that. So um, when we talked about Jesus as being the ultimate servant leader, his actions did it, but there's another thing he did incredibly well, obviously better than anybody else was that he, he could tell stories and he told parables as you all know about, you know, how this, how you handle this, or how you handle that, and, and, you know, that's how he kept, one of the ways he kept people engaged, you know, Mm -hmm. was to tell stories, and, you know, we need to do, we should do more of that, personal, real stories, personal stories, stories read in books, uh, journals, and things like that, that, um, you know, that get you where you are today.
1: No, I agree, you know, there's a scripture that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, Right. Yes. yes. And I love that because I feel that those stories, people always hear me talk about this. And I say it often, and even in my daily life, I used to be one of the individuals and you know, this to be true. You spoke about this transparency and leadership and telling Mm -hmm. those stories and those mistakes Mm -hmm. in the book. And so often, you know, when we lead in every facet, it's those mistakes that allow us to give people grace, but it's also those mistakes and those fall from grace that we're able to share those testimonies with individuals that help them see the God in us right and so even then the young lady you spoke of in the first story her watching you forgive her watching you give grace led to an amazing transformation in her life and isn't that how christ does he doesn't give just one chance he gives multiple chances over and over right i said earlier in this video i posted this morning for motivation i said you know the scripture says he doesn't treat us as our sins would allow and i'm so thankful that he's not like man (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I <am> truly. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: well, I also talked a little bit there. I mean, you mentioned the second chances. You know, there are times you give third chances. Right. I don't discount that. Um, but you know, every situation is different, and and that's the other thing about being a successful servant leader. I mean, you need to be flexible and understanding. And and again, I, in the beginning, I talked about um, empathy and compa- and the difference between empathy and compassion. They're both very very important. I mean, you could have empathy for somebody but compassion is where you really are take it's action oriented and that's where you you need both. And, and we certainly, there's a, you know, like for example, in your world uh, coach, you, you know, I, I, you sound like a very strong Christian uh, woman. You know, if you were, if you were sitting on the bench in a game, cursing and, and, right. and, and, and admonishing your players, well, what are they going to think? Are you a real servant leader? I mean, I, I'm, a, you know, and, that's one thing. it's a, the one thing that that I, i'm amazed at these some of these coaches that are out there that just the, the, the profanity and practice and games just as like i you know I, it's hard for me to to, to to justify um if you're if you're truly a servant leader but you know again that's something they have to live with that's a decision they have to make on their own, on their own morals and values so no that's
1: for sure and that's one of the things And you said the best in the opening, you said, as I am steering these young ladies for life. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time basketball is the tool. Right, that's the mm-hmm. navigational tool that we're using. But for me to make sure, my mommy used to say, "When I clip those wings, you all are gonna be able to fly." She would always say that. And so, when you all graduate from here, when I'm watching you, and I've gotten to the place now where I have college graduates, right, and they come back, you know, you for back. our basketball type homecoming and watching what they do. But one of the biggest things, even if they didn't understand it while they were under my protection and under my responsibility, they get it now, and that's one of the biggest things they say. I I get it now, coach, you know, it's yeah, adult life. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's not. But I just know one of the things, uh, Dr. Brittany Zell. I love her. She's my sister. She's a mentor. And one of the things she was a long coach. Now she is a CEO for Keller Williams. But she would say, if you want them to be a woman, they have to see a woman.
0: Yeah. Oh, great. She
1: further moves and says, if you want people to understand and be Christians, they got to see a Christian. And in that, that is how I live my life on a daily basis. And that's true servant leadership. You know, we hear people, coaches, they have a title recruiting coordinator. And I tell people I'm recruiting coordinator for Christ. And if I'm doing that, what are we supposed to do? When that coach, coaches for the football team, everything I see the coaches, they walk on and off the campus, right? They have their little emblem on their shirt. You know, UConn, Florida, UCF, we're down here in Florida, FAMU, Florida State. And we automatically know by the image who they represent. Right. And so I shouldn't have to have no logo or anything, but by my light, like the word says, let your light so shine so that men and women can see, you know, his good works. All right. The works that we're doing, but it's his to glorify him in heaven. And when we can do that, whether we are a CEO in a healthcare organization, whether we're an author, whether we're a coach, whatever we're doing is for the glory of him. And I love how you so eloquently explain that not only your book, but just in how you live your day to day. Yeah, it, it, it,
0: you said it very, very well and very eloquently. I, you know, it, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to be a, you know, a strong Christian in this world we live in. And especially when, you know, when you're a leader and uh, I'll give you another quick story on, on this as an example, this just happened a couple of weeks ago with the same granddaughter who has SMA and uh, they live in Arkansas and she's supposed to have her, um, a pre intense surgery scheduled a couple of weeks ago to, um, release the tendon on her hip and her, and her hamstrings. So at least she could be in a standard to feel the, the sensation of standing. And they canceled the surgery all of a sudden Tuesday before Friday. And this was scheduled for weeks. And we, I went not, Of course I went nuts, but I, I, and I don't, and so, but I, I prayed, 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 that God, that God would, would instill servant leadership into the leaders of that organization. And, you know, usually people double down and don't respond. Well, that, the, uh, the neurologist who runs the clinic that she goes to um, stepped in and pulled the docs together and they changed their mind well where do you think that came from mm-hmm. number one is from his servant leadership to do the right thing and second from god and, right. and, and 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 led those people to do the right thing because she couldn't she couldn't wait another six weeks that they wanted to do so i mean it, it it it's out there there are there are good people out there there. are Inspired by by Christ uh, as a servant leader, and they're there. We got to find them. We got to keep keep them going. We got we have encourage leaders to be uh, uh, this way because, again, like I said earlier, I'll say the third time. It's the right thing to do, and um, I think you know, with God's help and and His support, um, it, it, it it can happen. There's no question.
1: I totally agree, and and I think more than anything, you said it best. It's amazing how when we always say. The tagline is hoping in this platform that we learn to infiltrate not only the sports world, but every aspect where we lead. you know, much like you said, and everyone on campus, the way that it's said when people meet me that may not have, they'll say it's something different about you. That's what that sounds like, right? If you don't know, that's what it sounds like. Somebody may have told you, it's just something about you. I don't know what it is. Or you may not have ever spoken to this person beyond a hello. And then they start just kind of coming around, talking to you and divulging information, right? It may look like that. And so just like that doctor that you spoke of, we have to be able to be in rooms where we may stand, but have to stand alone, right? Because we know the right thing is always the right thing. That's being a servant leader that the right thing. I don't care if I said there's a quote that says one on God's side is always the majority. And sometimes (laughs) standing alone, it does feel lonely. It feels lonely. It looks lonely. But when you have God on your side, you will always have the majority because when you do what's right, he will always lead you forward.
0: Yeah. Wow. I I love what you said. You know, what's right is right. And uh, no matter, no matter what. And, And I think again, employees, employees see that. I mean, they, they get it. I mean, they get it. And, and, and they, they know that you're supportive of them. They know that you're going to treat them, treat them with, um, compassion and, and, and love. And again, like I said, it's not hugs and kisses, and it doesn't mean you're a weak leader. In fact, to the contrary, it makes you a stronger leader mm-hmm. and, and it, it is a way, and again, you, you, you still hold them accountable. You still have those, those, those honest conversations and sometimes you have to make hard decisions related to that. But if you do it faithfully and with compassion, and um, you know, we always talk about, you know, one of the things I didn't go over today, but it's in the book, you know, the dreaded firing. Okay, when you have to fire somebody, mm-hmm. and you know, again, it's it's having compassion and and for that person at the time to do it, and no matter what the reason. Okay, because their whole life is upended. Okay, oh, totally upended of course it's even worse when you have to lay off people when you're laying people off because, and, and not because they did anything wrong. Well. In fact, they may be doing a great job, but you have to eliminate positions. And those, those were so hard. And and I've done those. And it, it, you have to pray, you pray and you, you pray you can, you sit there and you can, you know, if you have empathy and, and you show compassion and you try to help them with you know, I, I worked, I interviewed one, a CEO of a company that, um, that I do a little bit of part-time work for. And I've known him since the company started. And uh, it's a, it's a consulting company out of Pittsburgh. And they have a philosophy when they, when they terminate somebody that they give them six weeks um, of time beyond, beyond severance to look for another job while they're still working. Wow! And um, they but here's the interesting about that. Just to tell you that um, they've been named, um, one of the top 50 healthcare employers in the country for a long time and are always in the top in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, that's that's her leadership style and that's what she does. And um, as she's the C, the CEO. So it, it it's out there. People, you, you can do it and it's the right thing to do. Again, as I said.
1: You know, I think that's amazing. I think one of the biggest things and, and you said it best, I'm gonna go back to this in recognizing the uh, attributes of the servant leader and making sure that you know no matter what room we walk into those values still stand true mm-hmm. right those values mm-hmm. don't change because your setting changes and right. i love that and you know the facts that you were describing by other people within your experiences but i love how you have been an athlete have been a coach have been a ceo <laughs> Have you know as a speaker and author all of these different facets, and the values hold true. We know, and you, I know it's been a while, as you said earlier, but we know and knew what it meant to train and prepare right for the race. I was talking to um, a rookie of ours; she's just a freshman year, and we're doing workouts. And I looked at her and I said, "I don't care if fifty people are running with you, you know." how you're supposed to run this race. And it's funny how God works in my own life as I try mm-hmm. to instruct other people. He's like, oh, did you tell them that now? So do you yeah. remember what you said? <laughs> Just remember that, you know? And I said that to her again, I said, I don't care how many young ladies are out here on this track. I think it was about 20 that day. I said, you have to run your race. And right. so when I think about that as being a servant leader, as an athlete, this is twofold. One, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing around us. We as servant leaders and as Christians have to remember to run the race that he's assigned for us, right? But we have to prepare to be able to run that race. And we know as athletes, the preparation that it took to do that. But there's a preparation spiritually that we have to do to be able to stand. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about how you stay spiritually fit with all that you have going on? How do you stay grounded? What does it look like for you to, whether it's devotions or how does that look for you to stay sharpened to sharpen others?
0: Well, great question. Thanks. I, you know, I, I wish I would read the Bible more than I do, but I do. Okay. Um, I attend a men's Bible study at 6:30 a.m. Oh, <laughs> nice. And it's a half hour late. <laughs> Um, But I'll tell you this about those guys. Those guys are so smart and committed and I learned just by watching them and they're all older than me and I'm an old guy. Um, And it's so, so yes, I do the Bible study piece. I do go to a church. As I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to be more active. You know, I I believe in, in, I'm a big believer in in, uh, local mission work. Um, um, I've done a little bit of mission work overseas in, in my past, which was very rewarding, but I think we need to take care of our community and, so um, I'm very involved with that in terms of uh, this uh, elementary school we partner with where all those kids there, most of them don't speak English. They're from, they're from um, Central America. Um, they don't have food all the time. We, uh, every weekend. So we, we, we certainly as a church send them in food so they can go home in the weekend and have food to eat in the weekends. They don't have it during, during that. So, um, and, and I, and I pray, I, I, I pray every day, you know, and I pray not just as simple, uh, at, uh, I don't pray it just a designated time. I do more of the short prayers, like, like I'll, I, when this is, I pray before this today, say, okay, please help me do the best I can. <laughs> and, yeah, and, those, and, and the words powerful. are powerful. And then, well, I'll thank God today when we're done, I'll just say, hey, thanks for being with me. Thanks first. It's your words, not mine. Okay. That, that's a thing I have to do always remember. And so I do a lot of, little, of the little prayers during the day. I'll say, hey, thanks for taking care. Like, you know after um my granddaughter's surgery that uh two weeks ago i would you know right away when i got the word i said thanks god for keeping her safe and being with that surgeon and guiding that surgeon's hands and um you know so so those are the types of things that i try to stay grounded with i unfortunately i'm a very competitive person and that kind of one of the things i'm not you laugh i know one of the things that one of my um my wife will tell you this one of my weaknesses is is i can be overly competitive and then i then i know that i'm not a nice person Mm -hmm. and so I, i have i have to work i have to get work hard on that you know with god's help not to be so um you know difficult in those situations um so so that's how i that's how i try to stay grounded um, I don't. Um, you know, how do I want to say this? I, I don't read a lot of things that are not um, uh, faith-based. Uh, one, one of the things in my industry that, that I missed in being in healthcare was that I never had the opportunity. Yeah, I did once, but it really with uh, the really opportunity to work in a faith-based organization, because I, I I just felt I feel like um, especially especially in healthcare, but it's true of all industries. You know, you know, we're there to help people. We're not there to, um, to make money for ourselves. Although yes, we get paid a good salary and yes, we have to work, but, um, it, it's, I, I just, I just felt it's important to, to have that, that, that grounding. Um, and, and that's why I love faith-based organizations because, you know, you know, you go there, I, I'll give you another quick story, um, on, on the on faith part. Um, my last year at, at, at my, my recent job, you know, things are pretty tough. It was really hard and we were working really hard. So I I, I, I decided to have and I, I was very close to the chaplains, okay, because I felt they just are so important for for not just for the patients and the family members, but for the employees. Okay. Yeah. And so I asked the chaplain to come and pray for us at the start of our monthly leadership meeting. And everybody loved it. But I had one person who was very upset about that. And, and this person was Jewish, which is, I don't see the difference because it's faith is faith. And um, so he, he um, actually, interesting, um, for a variety of reasons, he sued us because we terminated him. And one of the things he in his lawsuit, which got thrown out was I made him, I'm, I forced him to pray. Um, <laughs> so here's the great okay, that's him. But the gratifying part about that was was the fact that I had so many people send me a note and say wow I just this is so important I love this this is a way for me to get myself grounded again and uh so what I did was what I did as a servant you know to to, to be adaptable so I said to everybody okay you know what okay nobody's you to pray but so we'll have the prayer 10 minutes before the meeting okay and if you want to come come well guess what everybody came yep so you know, people say, "Well, you forced you forced them to do it." No, I didn't force them to do it. I said it was totally voluntary. I said, "If you come right in start time, come in and start time. It's up to you." So, I mean, th- that kind of thing we we I mean is is so important. I think it. I think more people appreciate that as part of servant leadership than not. And you're always going to have the naysayers, but um, you just deal with the naysayers. But you know, it, it's important to have that faith grounding and understanding and also again like we said earlier you can't be a true servant leader without that you just can't
1: I think that's so true and and I love how you put that I want to go back really quickly to when you talked about praying throughout the day right I think it's amazing right you know I laugh because I associate it with when nutritionists and doctors and everybody and trainers they'll tell you it's better to eat small meals throughout the day as opposed to having these big big meals you know (laughs) And that's kind of how I love the way you pinpointed our prayer life. And that's how we should be throughout the day. That's how I'm kept
0: (laughs) throughout the
1: day, you know, when -hmm. it's like, you know, especially and you know this to be true, when you talk and it's challenging and you get this message, things are going great, you get an email and this is challenging and all of these things are going on. So it's so amazing how you did that, which is not a bad thing because the Lord is walking through us and with us all day and we can acknowledge him. He's not this thing. I tell people all the time, he's not something that we could just tap into and he'll get back with us. He's one <laughs> of the very few and only, right? Yeah. That no matter when we come well, into him, no matter how many yeah, times, it's always there. all of us at the same time, he is always there. Right. Whether yeah. the old people say his line is never busy,
0: well and and by the way and there's no circle back in his category in his his conversation where where he'll say i'll circle back with you you know you're i love what you said i mean it's 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 it's, he's always there and and, um again it's it's just you can't be a servant leader without it and the thing about the thing about it too chelsea is that you know being a servant leader is actually quite fun it's enjoyable I i mean you know the the world is so stressed right now for a variety of reasons and you know we can make it better by um being a servant leader it's more enjoyable for ourselves One, it's good for our heart it's good for our health um, and, this, and so it, it and plus it it helps other people feel better i think i mentioned earlier about the 10-5 rule i mean you just don't know everybody has a story that's a thing and that's why it's important as a servant leader to know as many people as you can, again, without prying in your personal life. But but you know, you know, there's certain things you can you hear, certain things that you could talk to them about. And um uh, it, it's it's very it's important to do that. And I I uh, one time, I mean, and this isn't bragging about me, but my uh, um my wife was walking with me um down the halls once in House Plus served and, and um, people were all saying hello to me and calling me my first name, which is what I wanted them to do. I mean, I'm not and, and as a servant leader. And she looked at me and she said, I, I'm just, I'm amazed that all these people who know who you, who you are and that you, you say hello it. to them. And I said, well, why wouldn't I? I mean, I, I mean, that's, I think that's part of my job. You can't be, a, you can't be a CEO slash servant leader unless you talk to people. You know, and, and I know many that don't, and build relationships. And then she told me, she said, you know, I when I she worked at a hospital in Cleveland, um, and she said, I never even knew who the CEO was. And I I one time you walked by me the hallway, he never said a word to me. She said, I saw him as name tag. So I mean, those kind of things stick in your mind, and servant leaders acknowledge servant leaders encourage, servant servant leaders um support. Yes. and and, and support and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving them a raise it could be but giving them a raise or this or that so sometimes it's just saying hello how are you today and be and be, and be genuine about it don't say hey how you doing and then walk we'll keep walking okay that's why i said something about patient praise you know and i know you do this as a coach you know make sure your praise is specific okay when I like sometimes, that. you know specific on something like you know man you really played you know, you did a great job tonight because you you know you shut down that their their leading score to and held them to our, to our target, or the 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 um, so that's one example in your world, and then you know the other one is you know I know leaders that will walk in and say all they do is walk in and say say how are you doing you're doing a good job you're doing a good job well people hear that and they go that doesn't mean anything to me mm-hmm. and, and it's and sermon leaders as I said have you have to walk in their shoes a little bit one of the things that I I had a lot of fun with one day is I walked into the um um laundry. Okay. Usually the laundry is in the bowels, you know, of, of the hospital. These are good dedicated ladies and men that work in there and they're fun people. So I would go in there and they said, Mr. Zekman, said, um, you know, do you know how to fold linen here? i said oh god no (laughs) no and they said well here come on over here and 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 why don't you do a little bit with us i said great let's go and oh it was horrible i did a horrible job but it was so it was but, but the work that they do is so good and so meaningful and so loving Um, and it, it was such a wonderful, it was so much fun and they were laughing at me and I said, I, I can't do this. I, you know, I'm just not good at it. Like you guys are. And then they showed me the bulletin board and they showed me, um, all the jokes that I've sent out and they put them up on the board. So, I mean, those are the thing, those are the gratifying things to me, you know, um, just those are, those are the fun stuff that, that, that keep you coming back.
1: I totally agree with that. And I think one of the things that we often forget um, is that Jesus was the same way. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. he did not discriminate on who he talked, sat with. Right. And mm-hmm. when we can do that, that is the mark of the true servant leader. The one that oh, says, absolutely. wow, I truly do now see the Christ in you, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and just like the scriptures you gave to start out, you know, we knew full will. And, and, and it is a post that I always see during Resurrection Sunday, Easter, whichever you call. And it always says, you know, we think about when people ask you, you have 24 hours left to live, how would you spend it? And it said, Jesus knew he had 24 hours left to live and he to serve. And yeah. that is, that just knocks and blows me away yeah. every yeah. time I read it.
0: Yeah, it, 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 he knew, and that was, but he knew for a long time, yeah, yeah. as you know, it's, as it's prophesized in scripture, but it, 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 he knew, and to, to think that he knew he was going to undergo that horrible death is just, it is beyond belief. But he did it because he was the ultimate servant leader, because he was, doing it, for, he was doing it for us. Yep. And it, to this day, it's just hard, it's hard to fathom that, that sacrifice that, that went through. And so as leaders, we can, sac- we serve leaders, we can sacrifice um, many, many things, you know, that, that's, you know, it's not a crucifixion, but there's so many things that, that we can do to help, help, help the, these, whether it's young people or older people or people that are, that are not well or, or, or whatever in, in our business. And, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. So, it, like I said earlier, it's it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of fun. I mean, I had a um, I used to one hospital. Well, I had two doors in my office. Great. Okay, and Great. one of them one of them was to um, to the outer hallway, which was on the way to the cafeteria. And then, you know, then the other one office was in the C-suite. And there are times, there are many times, I decide I'm just going to open this door to the hallway, and See what happens, and you know people would love that. They would come by, and they 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 knock, and they poke their head in the mm-hmm. door, and say, "How you doing?" And they know I'm an Ohio State fan, so they were always you know they want to talk to me about the Buckeyes and <laughs> and um, um anything that was on their mind. You know, they would come in, and you know what? I never got people complaining. I know you think you know, people are sometimes leaders are afraid that when they talk. Mm-hmm. to people that all you're going to get is complaints and that they can't answer the question well if you can't answer the question you can't answer the question you just say you know look let me let me go back and talk to the appropriate person and you got to always circle back and give them you know circle back oh I said it. you have to go back and give, <laughs> give them uh, you got to give them the answer so that you know when you follow up it's important but you know someone um, I had um, um, guys come in, in in my Michigan job where my door my door is always open unless I was in a meeting I, mean, I didn't want to interrupt people's meetings because it's their time's valuable too, and people they just walk through their walk into administration and they not put their head in the door and say we had a lot of fun with when Ohio State played Michigan or Michigan State and it, it was and, and other things they would just say hey did you hear about this or can I tell you something and you know those are the best those are the most those are the fun conversations and and uh so that's just a simple thing that that again it, it's interesting because th- there there are a number of leaders out there that don't have access to their employees which is mm-hmm. incredible to me i don't know how you can do that but they do you know either the 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 offices are locked and you have to punch in a punch bag you got to call in um um you know i just i don't know how you can be successful that way and i've i've I was at a national meeting last week and I I heard it again from, I said, how how do you do that? I, I, I just, you know, being a leader also means developing relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. Come on. Yep. You
0: have, you have to, you know, your job is to develop relationships. That's one of the reasons, unfortunately, I'm IT illiterate because um, <laughs> I never, I had people doing it for me and everybody said, oh, you had people doing it for you. Well, I did because I didn't want to spend time sitting in front of a computer just banging out numbers when I was trying to develop relationships and um, ensure that everything was going well in our organization. That, that's what I believed. I'm paying a price for that today because I hate it, but... Um, <laughs> I'm terrible. Oh, I'm just terrible. Uh, I ask the Lord to give me patience all the time. And maybe the Lord just saying, well, I don't know. You're, you're probably a lost cause, but, um, on the IT things, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's just part of it.
1: I think that's so awesome too. And relationships are definitely there because again, at the end of the day, that's what he wants us to have with him. Relationship, yeah. Right. Relationship. Yep. You know, it,
0: that's always stuck with me about that, that, um, that, that God, um, is always disappointed when we don't talk. God will always talk, right? I mean, he's disappointed when we don't reach out and talk to God. And I thought, and, and like you said, he, he's always there, you know, it isn't like, you know, we're leaving voicemails or texts or, or, or emails. He's always there. And yet we don't, we're the ones that don't reach out to, to him. And I, 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 dare say that I think, you know, um, leaders, leaders could be even more effective leaders if they, um, utilize the strength of God and they utilize his support, um, uh, as you did, do your, your work with people. And, um, we just need to model that. That's all.
1: I love it. I love it. David, do me a favor. Can you let everybody know where they can find your book? I'm telling you right now, like you guys, uh, if there were ever a blueprint outside of the Word, this is it. Please tell them where they can find this book. Oh, thank you for
0: that. For that, I appreciate it. Um, it's on. You can go to Amazon. Uh, you can go to Barnes and Noble. Okay, you can go to Amplify Publishing, and I'll repeat the the name again. It's called Driven by Compassion: Eight Values for Successful Servant Leaders. It's out there, so you, you can you can get it there. Um, I also, as I mentioned, do executive coaching of some leaders. And and by the way, it's not just executives. I'm going to hopefully work with a with the healthcare system um, by the end of the year, working with their middle managers. Which, by the way, will be great fun because um, middle managers are very interesting people in themselves. And um, because there are a lot of people who've been there a long time, they're the salt of the earth, and they 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 are key to the success of any organization. So I'm going to do that. So and then um, and I'm also um, hopefully if, if I it can be available for you uh, as a key this can be done as a keynote or as a, as a leadership development program um, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do more of that as well and I love the you know this is fun with Chelsea take because we can interact back and forth which is really cool um, and you're great at this and, and oh,
1: thank you you know
0: I did a I, like I said I did a, a zoom presentation yesterday for a group here in, in Southwest Florida and you know, it was, it's, it's hard because I can't see their faces. I can't, I can't interact like I am with you. You know, it's, it's a, so it's a very, anytime I speak or I'm, and it's a very interactive uh, session and we talk, we do a little bit of case study stuff and have fun with it. People talk their stories about this, which is always great to hear. And uh, as, and um, they, they definitely, as they warm up to um, share some of those, it's, it's just, it's fun to hear um, because, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And so I I, I think it's uh, pretty amazing.
1: I love it. David, I got to just thank you. Um, I always talk about time and everyone that listens consistently, you know, I will always say that because I do. It is a gift. It is. It is. We can't return it. We can't exchange it. Here we go. We can't circle back, right? That time is then gone oh. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but but you gave it and I can only imagine how many of these that you are doing right now but I just want to thank you just for coming on and giving us that overview giving us those nuggets to help us in leadership because it truly transcends um, any type of facet of our lives and i and I really really pray that you know this book is successful um, and that it helps so many people because I know that it's going to help me as I read and that I push for others to read
0: well I I am very grateful for you inviting me on. I, I can't, I can't, ama- I, I mean, I'm i just starting to do these, but I can't imagine, um, a forum that is so faith-based and it, it just, this is just, I don't know what I'll have a, anyone better than us to be honest with you. It, oh, wow. it's Thank you. It's been, it's been just so gratifying. And, and I really look forward to this day, you know, and especially when you sent me the note about, you know, um, asked me about you know mentioning jesus and you know look a couple scriptures i thought wow this is really going to be fun because i like this and um so is so my gift to you will be a copy of the book because oh
1: thank you so
0: you've been so wonderful (laughs) to me to do this and um and um i'll if you when you could if you send me your address um when we're done I'll drop one in the book. I'll assign one. Yes, <laughs> <thank> interesting. You. <laughs> this is interesting. You're know, signing. That's a big deal. People all want copies. It's it's a, deal. A, I, I've never, I've never realized how big a deal it is, but, but I'll send you one because you've been so gracious and so kind to have me. And um, I, I wish you the best in your basketball season coming up thank and you. Uh, um, looking for great things. And I'm, I am I, want I'm def- you to definitely keep me posted as to uh, how your season is going and, uh, your servant leadership as being the head coach. And, uh, um, because you set you set you know, you set the example. I mean, you know, if you, you know, you say practice starts at this time and you're not there and they're there. I mean, all that's all, they're going to all look to you (laughs) and I know you're doing a terrific job and I could tell by your personality and, uh, cause you, you love young people and that's what we need. I do. I
1: appreciate that so much, you know, um, As always, before we close out, I do want to uh, just say a special prayer for you and for our listeners. So if you all could just bow your heads, unless you're driving, uh, (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you right now just for another opportunity to have paths crossed just to do your will. We thank you, Lord God, right now just because you don't treat us as our sins would allow. You don't treat us like men. You're so gracious, Lord God, and you're so just uh, wonderful to all of our needs and their needs specific. So I pray right now a special prayer for people at their point of need. We don't need to know, but you know. So help us, Lord God, to know that when we approach you, we don't have to circle back. We don't have to wait. We sit here and know and stand in need that you will bless us exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask if we just trust you. I pray a special prayer right now. Over David, his family, all that he touches, his new endeavor, this book that I know that's going to bless so many. I pray that, that he has the strength and the to sustain as he moves and does his interviews, his public speaking, his uh, professional training. Just bless him and his family. Pray a special prayer of healing for that granddaughter of his, Lord God, and just give them the power to withstand as she goes through that, Lord God. I know that there's gonna be a special blessing and a gift that you have on her life for her enduring, Lord God. But most of all, Lord God, I ask that you help us to be lights so that those that may not know you can see that illumination and find you. In your son Jesus' name, we will always pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you for the prayer. And thanks for the kind words from my granddaughter. That means a lot to me.
1: Absolutely. My favorite line of the podcast servant leader, David Zekman. You are now a part of the servant leader. Family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? And in, in, in invite me back anytime. I'm happy to come on and, and share some other, some other stories and things like that, uh, whenever you'd like And uh, I would look forward to that.
1: For sure. Yeah. I appreciate Thanks. you so much. We appreciate you guys for listening. If you need to know about you, this everybody. thing that we speak joyfully about, send me a DM, message me. God is good y'all all the time and he's good. We thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to see you guys next time.
0: Thank you all everybody. I appreciate you listening today. My